listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars Sessions podcast. Palpatine loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars Sessions. This is the way, the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy, and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Oh. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here, well, in the actual cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there, looking fly and fresh today. It's Luke Bly, Master Bly Walker. How are you, mate? Oi, oi, Savaloi. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too uh, bad. We're just here chilling. Um, in a messy Luke Blywalker abode because I'm moving. Yes. Um, but Matty Boy was like, oh, I'm in the area on Monday. Ah, I <laughs> Please, I'm cold and wet. <laughs> I love I love recording these in person. Yes. You know, I think we were just saying long term, that's our plan. Do you think? I think so, because, I mean, that w- to be fair, when we do it remotely, we might as well be in the same room, as I think, because a lot of people who listen genuinely have said, Oh, I thought you both did it in the same room. Yeah. Um, but yeah. no, this would be great, you know, to set, set up a bit of sessions, tap behind us. Yeah, tap. And uh, and I think we've got a very good uh, live show down now. I think so, mate. Well, look, I I had a pretty spicy weekend. Um, how was your weekend? My weekend was all right. Now, I, I was working most of it. I went out oh, on yeah. Saturday night, went out to watch a punk rock gig with my boss um, as a wingman, not that kind of wingman, but oh. it, no, it's great. I, I, you know, I was supplying in with double brandies and I wasn't having that <laughs> in, in the hope to get a pay rise, of course. But um, no, no, it's a lovely Is he listening? Uh, if he is, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's a nice weekend. Sunday was a bit more of a chill one. And then yeah. obviously up here in uh, Shea Bly today. So it's been a... Been a mixed so this bag. is like your weekend, really. Like we're, we're seeing news like, every, yeah. like every every time I see Luke Blart, it's like the thrill of a Saturday. Yeah, it's good a stuff. L- a Luke day, a Lukey day. <laughs> yes, yeah, what about yourself? How was well, yours? We, we we had a good one, mate. So my mate Callum got married okay. in lockdown, and he never had a stag do. So we did a stag do from this weekend. <laughs> so a load of us, including uh, Leo and Ricardo Brito, my brother, and a few others. Nice. Um, yeah, we went unglover. We went up to uh, London. We we actually had like a, a filthy Airbnb in North London, <laughs> which was by Piccadilly Line Station. Nice. Piccadilly Line is a night tube yep. line. So we were we were out till late, uh, as you know. I saw. I, I posted a picture of the NQ sixty four arcade Man. in Soho in central London uh, on the Discord at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, was, I, I noticed. Like, I was like, "Where is Luke Bly doing up at like two thirty in the morning playing <laughs> games?" And this isn't like the Luke I know. What's yeah. happened? To you. Yeah, no, it was solid, mate. But do you know what? Something really lovely happened on a Sunday. Once we recovered, we headed back into. Once we recovered. Well, we headed back into <laughs> Central London, and uh, we had like some brekkie together, and then we just went to Forbidden Planet, bit of Forbidden cheeky bit nice. of Forbidden Planet, and uh, mate Rick Ricardo, the beautiful man, I went in there, went in there, and I was like, they got this, they got the visions figures. And stuff, Star Wars Visions figures. And uh, I'm like, oh, I love that. I can't justify it at the moment. Come out of the shop, like, however long later, like 45 minutes later. He he just bought it for me. What a lad. Here he it is. He just bought 
like oh, look at this the ronin, the ronin mate oh my star wars visions for jewel this is the one johnny o has oh. dave dunn got at mcm comic johnny o got it dave dunn saw it and got jealous so he bought it you've seen it and ricardo sorry and you both seen it and got it like, that is a beautiful figure it's stunning it's stunning and um i've got opinions on this that i will share i'm sure in a future collector's guild episode mm-hmm. with uh big boy dan and yourself mm-hmm. and i also picked up a um is it morak a morak mix mayfield no mate. reason for that i guess no no reason whatsoever Just a good other price. than an absolutely banging episode we got lined up this week uh, oh mate this is fun doing it in person um Right, we're doing some magical time um, shifting. <laughs> oh yeah, traveling. I mean, we've given up. We've given stuff. away that it's not the usual day. But yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. So the main because Andor's out at the moment, the main show comes out obviously a, uh, a, a, a on a, on a Friday. Two days for the next two like for these next two weeks. Yeah, and then oh. we're back to the Wednesday, the usual yes. time. Yes. Um, but theoretically. We would have gone to a Willow event in central London uh, this week, which is super cool, a Lucasfilm thing, yep. something that's not Star Wars-y, but we were fortunate enough to be invited to by Disney and Lucasfilm. So, yep. so you know, uh, we would have headed to the Curdzone in, in Soho to yeah. watch episodes one and two of Willow. There's a cast Q&A. We're hoping to catch up with uh, Warwick Davis, you know, give him a little business card. But um, no, as Willow was a something which is around when I was a kid, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they bring it into the contemporary age of the streaming ages, mm. and hopefully by the time this goes out, we have both given it a thumbs up. But if you don't know what we think about it, our so it'll be on our socials. We'll, we'll, we'll put a quick review out on that, so check that out. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure what's going on. We got the email, and I don't know who's going to be there. I know that <laughs> uh, Charlie Ashby's messaged us from Imperial Senate. He's like, yes. oh, lads, are you going to be there? I'm like, yeah, we're going to be there. Do you want to play? Uh, so we're going to link up, hopefully, maybe go to the pub or something. It's going to be maybe. good, mate. It's going to be really good. Um, and or, though, like... Come on. Enough said. Come on. Wednesdays. Wednesdays. We, we shove that episode. We are one of the first podcasts to get a recap <laughs> out. Are. Like, you know, the ones that live stream it, they don't count. Yeah. yeah. Like the ones who <laughs> record it's after watching 2 a.m. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And other than that, look, we got some, Matty boy got some donuts from Gregorino's. The, the only from Greg's other bakers aren't available. Go to Greg's. <laughs> Tell them Sessions sent you. Um, yeah, we got some donuts <laughs> and or is, oh, mate. We, we, uh, I'm really Mate. sad that we've got now we've got one more episode to go with episode 12 is coming up next week that's mm. it for oh, I know. two years maybe I'm really I really cannot wait to all that but yeah go check out the Andor recap as well that's on the sessions feed check out our socials for our Willow mini review yeah but um you know I haven't gone up to London you know I'm, I'm used to hearing chimes of a big oh. a big bell up there yeah I can hear a some big bell. <laughs> In the background. A big, a big bell, big boy bell. Big boy, big boy bell. Wait, wait, wait. I can hear the chimes of big Ben Kenobi, my friend, which you and I mean no only means one oh. thing. Yeah, it must mean he's the galactic news round, mate boy. Deadpool 3 director and Strange Things producer Sean Levy has confirmed via social media that he is in talks with Lucasfilm about directing a future Star Wars movie. In an interview with The Rap, J.D. Dillard has announced that he's no longer involved with his previously rumoured Star Wars movie, stating that it is unfortunately no longer a thing. 
Zen, Grogu and the Dust Bunnies has released on Disney+. Plus. The three-minute animated short marks the first collaboration between Lucasfilm and Studio Ghibli. And Tony Gilroy has claimed that he was unaware of how many Star Wars Easter eggs there are in Andor, stating the art department snuck those things in there. But by and large, it's a collaborative, organic, rolling process. Hi, this is Christopher Sean, Kazuta Ziono in Star Wars Resistance, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. So you bought that Morak uh, figure of Migs Mayfield for a tenner this week. I did. Just so happens to make that this week's main episode, we are going back in time to talk about episode 15 of The Mandalorian, The Believer. Is this an underrated masterpiece, mate? The reason that we want to do this show this week is... In the current climate where Andor is out, it's a different type of Star Wars show. I've been guilty of saying things about the quality of this compared to others. Mm. But with the current chat that Andor has all of the other Star Wars shows beat technically, we're going to revisit one of the Mando's best episodes that we think can compete with any other episode of Star Wars in terms of performances, in terms of dialogue, in terms of tension, atmosphere, all the things that Andor is being lauded for, mate. We believe that this episode, The Believer, has it in spades, don't we? Yeah, this and the Frog Lady episode. Oh, mate. Masterpieces. <laughs> no, I, I, particularly The Believer. Um, you know, we wrote this down. We, we, we noted this down like... Ages a, ago now. A, ages ago to do a show about this. I think it was around a year ago, you know. Like, I was doing been. a rewatch of The Mandalorian uh, with family. And, and we got to this episode. And I was like, mate, th- this is just special. It is truly, truly, truly special. Um, the acting, the writing, the whole concept, um, the, the themes in it. There's a lot of in- interesting and incredible, impressive themes in this. Faith is a huge, huge theme. Huge theme in this episode. The Believer. Mix Mayfield. Um, when we, when we introduced to him, <laughs> um, in the prison bust in five, season one, I think it is chapter it is, five. Yeah. yeah, I think it's six or five. I think, though, five, I think, is the Filoni one on Tatooine. So I think chapter six is the prison break. Yes. Yeah, the break, yeah. The prison break. (laughs) Another one. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. Yeah, good point. Recycling ideas. Now, in that, he's still very much um, Bill Burr, right? Bill Burr portrays this. He's he's a comedian. He's mostly known for being like a Boston comedian over in in, in the US. Outspoken. Um, He's got friends from from all over. Um, But... But I think in that episode, he's good. He's really good. I liked that episode. I know a lot of people give it flack. And I've seen even this week when we said we were doing this episode. And we'll get to, uh, obviously, you guys' thoughts later on. But I have seen a theme that this is almost a uh, redemption for Bill Burr in Star Wars as much as it is for Mayfield. But yeah. I li- I actually enjoyed the episode. Re- upon rewatch, I can see why people would think, oh, this is a bit cartoony. But... You know, it's. I enjoyed it now, and I enjoyed it then, and I liked Mayfield then. As Me well. too. Me too. And now, now, now we get to the believer. You know, this episode is unreal, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> we've really watched it, haven't we? <laughs> we've re- we we literally we. I mean, 
We've rewatched it. I think you've rewatched it a couple times in the last like yeah. few days. I watched it yesterday. We, we, yeah. we watched it like a few minutes ago. We kind of just finished it. Um, this episode is really, really, really special. We've got some audio clips we're going to dive into. We're going to dive into where people's character headspaces are mm-hmm. and what people I think are willing to do, um, to save their loved ones, what what people are willing to question, what mm-hmm. people aren't maybe willing to talk about or to budge on. Um, very, very interesting stuff. Matty Boy, you've got some audio lined up for us, mate. Um, we've got, I think, the Cara and Mayfeld Better View audio. Yeah. No, we'll <laughs> cut that. Do, do what you want with that. But yeah, we'll, let's play. I don't want to just read out the title of it. Let's play. Let's play the audio, mate. So, I help you guys get him back, you guys let me go? That's not how this works. Well, then what's in it for me? You get a better view. Well, what's in it for me, wise guy? Um, yeah, so yeah. when we meet Bill Burr, he's, I'm sorry, Miggs Mayfield, he's very much the kind of guy we saw in the Prisoner episode. You know, he's, he's, he's a wise guy. It's very much all about me. What's in it for me? And Cara Dune has said, you get a better view. Now, the first time I watched it, I thought, well, of what? Out of the window? But as we find out by the end of the episode, the reason why I included this clip is because that sets up Miggs's d- development throughout the whole, th- Miggs, throughout the whole show, episode is you get a better view, you know, wh- where you've been before, you've, you've kind of had this like one track vision. Whereas if you actually step outside the box and these people that you were working for, that you were assigned to, look what you've done. Look what the galaxy was under under Empire rule, Imperial rule. And we see that as the episode rolls on. So I thought, and again, the character of Cara Dune gets maligned as well sometimes for not having the best dialogue or whatever. But I think she actually has one of the most important lines in in the episode. Well, it does say on the Black Series, uh, Miggs Mayfeld figure, it says he is a hot-headed ex-Imperial sharpshooter. So, you know, he, he is a hothead, that's for sure. And he is an Imperial sniper head. That's right. <laughs> We're bringing the sniper head back. It's like Bad Batch all over again. Um, yeah, he, 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 he's, he's kind of not got a direction in life. You know, and, he, it, yeah. and, and he's only for himself, but you can yeah. kind of, I think this episode makes you understand a little bit more why he is the way he is. Um, and why he feels maybe, you know, he can only look after himself. He's, he's number one. Yep. That's his only priority. Whereas someone like Dinjarin, he kind of was like that, except he was part of a bigger, a bigger thing, a bigger community, yeah, a bigger group, a right? A creed, yeah, the Mandalorians or the sect of Mandalorians, Death yes. Watch, right? Um, so he's kind of got that, but the, 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 the differences on really what the whole Mandalorian series is about is that he now is an adopted father, right? Yep. He has a child, he has a baby. So how does, how does all of this play into, you know, that you've got you've got basically fundamentally two completely different people together working on a mission because mando and mix have to go and infiltrate this imperial base and they they, <laughs> they they got a crack on mate they've got a crack on and i think some of my favorite bits in this episode are when they're in the transport together oh, oh dude did that because we all when we think about this episode i think quite rightly most people will jump to 
what happens at the end when they're in the when they're in the canteen in the imperial base but everything that leads up to it it's this is what's so important about storytelling is you get those great moments at the end but you have to it has to be earned you have to have it has to be a payoff to something and yeah, it, even before they get into into the transport, you know, you've still got Migs Mayfield. He's like, oh, Rhydonium, highly volatile and explosive. Yeah, kind of like this one, huh? Nobody <laughs>, laughs at his stupid joke. And then he's like, oh, my God, this guy reeked. His gloves are still wet. When he's putting on the... I thought it was funny, though. I think it's funny. <laughs> I do. I think it's great. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's he's uh, realising, yeah, that the guy was busy all day and he smells. Mm-hmm. He, but he's still... You know, he's still the guy we know then. And then they, yeah, like I said, they get into the, they get into the transport and then, uh, suddenly kind of Migs is the one who's trying to get through to Din. But at the same time, there's still the way he's talking almost sardonically about the state of the galaxy. Mm. I find, uh, very interesting. And of course, mate, we've got the clip, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah. Empire and New Republic. It's all the same to these people. Invaders on their land is all we are. I'm just saying, somewhere, someone in this galaxy is ruling and others are being ruled. I mean, look at your race. Do you really think all those people that died in wars fought by Mandalorians actually had a choice? So how are they any different than the Empire? Look, if you're born on Mandalore, you believe one thing. If you're born on Alderaan, you believe something else. But guess what? Neither one of them exists anymore. Hey, I'm just a realist. I'm a survivor, just like you. Let's get one thing straight. You and I are nothing alike. I don't know. Seems to me like your rules start to change when you get desperate. I mean, look at you. You said you couldn't take your helmet off, and now you got a stormtrooper one on. So what's the rule? Is it that you can't take off your Mando helmet, or you can't show your face? Because there is a difference. Look, I'm just saying. We're all the same. Everybody's got their lines they don't cross until things get messy. As far as I'm concerned, if you can make it through your day and still sleep at night, you're doing better than most. Doing better than most, mate. Doing better than most, apparently, according to Migs. Um, <laughs> that is some of my favourite dialogue, mate. You know, in any Star Wars. Any Star Wars. I think there's a lot of layers there. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if we've explicitly said it, but one of the reasons why I've chosen to do this episode this week um, about The Believer is because Andor, last week in particular, episode 10, was absolutely incredible. Yes. It, it was sensational. And a lot of that was because of dialogue, the, the writing. And it's maybe easy to lose sight that because we're caught up in the hype and, and because Andor is just slapping it right now, yep. you know, for us, for us, it's working really, really well. But, you know, we don't want to like forget about, you know, how, how incredible some of the other dialogue in Mandalorian is. Right. And, 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 and there is. And, but this, this episode in particular, The Believer, it's, it, it's, it really is like a highlight of the show when it comes to the writing. What do you think of this, Matty Boy? How, how do you take this conversation? I think it's very, very interesting because we know Din is very devoted to the way. Mm-hmm. And he, he says in it, you know, let's get one thing straight. You, me, we are not the same. We're not the same whatsoever. We're nothing alike. And Mix is 
quite rightly saying, you're sure about that, mate, because you, you've got, you've got this way, you've got this devotion, but when, when the going gets tough, you're quite, you're quick to break this mm-hmm. to get what you want. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's also a development for Din that mm-hmm. pro previously, the idea of taking off his helmet will be heresy. He can't do it. Whereas now, you know, he's taken his man at home and replaced it for a stormtrooper one. I think that what he's saying isn't necessarily incorrect. If you know what I mean? I found, I found it very interesting that, uh, Meeks would challenge him on that. Do, do traditions appear when, when the origin is gone as well? He's saying, you know, Mandalorian, Mandalore's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Alderon, as he calls it, it's not there anymore. So the further we get away from, you know, the, the origin, how far, you know, how much changes compared to what we knew, what we knew before? Um, or, or when, or when something changes, how far are you willing to go to stick to your beliefs? Yeah. It's a bit philosophical for Star Wars and Mayfield of all people is the one who delivers it. Yes. There we go. But that, but that's a bit like real life. Sometimes it's the people you least expect. Yeah. Can be, can just like, you know, switch on the deep just like that. But do you think he, I don't, do you think Mayfield is, he's obviously challenging him, but do you think mm. he's saying it in a negative connotation? No, not necessarily. Or do you think he's kind of saying it's like, you know, we are both the same I because think, look at our situations. Yeah. I th- I, it's easy to say if it, is it positive or is it negative? No, I think it's an observation. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, people forget that. I don't think he's like trying to say anything. He's, he's just observing. He's like, yeah, mate, like what's, what's he, he's basically saying, what's the deal? Because I, I think we're the same. How can you disagree? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Empire, and then, New Republic. And then he's talking, matter. he's talking about the helmet, right? He's talking about the, um, yeah, he's talking about like the, what, what's the rule? Is it that you can't take off your helmet mm-hmm. or you can't show your face? Yep. And what's, then the, what's the role is just, he's stoically silent and you kind of wonder what, what's, what's his face like under that helmet? Is he kind of thinking, oh, he's got me banged to rights here or, uh, or, or what? Because, I think it's quite interesting that Din doesn't respond or doesn't, they don't get into a tete-a-tete back, back and forward. It's, it's Mayfield as the one who is dropping these truth bombs almost on, mm-hmm. on Din. And because Din is, like you said, Din was like Mayfield. Mm-hmm. He was a, a, he has a one track man. And then Grogu came into his life and suddenly everything which he swore to stick by, you know, the code, the creed which he would live and die by. Suddenly it's, you know, it's, it's almost taken, it, it's not quite as important or he's willing to bend everything he's ever known for something else, something else that that suits him. And I thought this was a fantastic, especially when you realize that upcoming next is a pirate attack and you've got the action, mm-hmm. but before mm-hmm. the action, you get this beautiful, which is set. really good. That is. And also remember before we, like we mentioned just before they even get to this scene, they're, they're, they're taking the Rhydonium and they see the other trucks that are blown up and they see like the kids sitting down, uh, looking at them and Mayfield, doesn't really show them any affection at the time. He's just like Empire, New Republic. We just invaders on their land. They don't care. And um, it's funny. The, the, this True. this episode reminds me of a film called Sorcerer from the seventies. It's William Friedkin's follow up to The Exorcist, and it's about basically it's about four guys who have to to make money have to travel across South America in a truck to deliver dynamite, because very unstable dynamite, which is on the verge of becoming nitroglycerin. And it's got one of the greatest tension moments in it when they've got to go over a bridge. I think Fami Iwa, as a student of film, has based this film on yeah. uh, this episode on that film. Interestingly as well, that was a film that is now a classic. It's probably Freakin's best film. That's me saying that. But Star Wars was the film that came out and buried it. 
Because right. that film came out two weeks after Star Do you know Wars. What? I think buried. you said this in the recap, you know. I probably I th- did, I but think it's you said that. Upon which, rewatch, I was like, this, the parallels are, it just in that moment are so similar. Which is back in twenty twenty, by the way. Twenty twenty. <laughs> oh, so man. like we're I think it was uh this week, like people were celebrating the anniversary three of three the third anniversary of the Mandalorian's release. I can't believe that. That's like this that's like the old gap Dude. between Star Wars films, wasn't it? Like between episodes one and two, two and three, oh, it was three years. Yeah, look at what we've had in between. It's been it's been a ride, mate. It's been an absolute ride. But this is season two of The Mandalorian. But still, that was, you know, two years ago. It's been... Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's yeah. been a while. Oh, wow. There's a big, there is a big gap between Mando season two and season three. Yes. And, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Really looking forward to this. But yeah, I think, I think it's all just like questioning Din's kind of own faith. Yeah. You know, and it's making him say, like, what, how strong, it's not necessarily that he doesn't believe it. I think it's more like, do you understand it? I think you're right. Do you understand why mm-hmm. you believe it? Yep. Yeah, because there's a lot of people that believe things. They don't understand it. Yep. And that that's not just faith. That's not mm-hmm. just faith. That is, uh, well, I'm talking about like not getting too real world, but like religiously, let's say. Like, yeah, there yeah. are people that say, oh, I'm religious, I'm this, I'm that. Maybe they're political, right? Whatever. But a lot of the time, Matty boy, people don't understand. Yeah. Like, it's more than they, just saying it. Yeah. Or, and, or following it to an extent. Yeah. Right. Correct. And when it's this life-changing, when it's this integral to, you know, not just Mando's life, but another being's life, then, you know, what is Din willing to do? Yeah. What is he willing to do? And really, you're seeing two two guys here, Mando and uh, and uh, Migs, and just Migs, <laughs> Migs. <laughs> but you're you're seeing two guys, and you're like, well, really, it's it's a question of belief and ethics on both sides, yep. and and we get more into that as mm-hmm. as the episode cracks on. But as well, what what I thought today, watching this back, is how this this episode feels. Like it's ten minutes long, and it's not. It flies by it fl- in the best way. It flies by. It flies by, and I and I and I think you know, you know, I'm a sucker for that rescue episode. I think it is. <laughs> he loves it. It's it's a near perfect ending for us, uh, particularly for a series, a sophomore series uh, or season. Um, mate, I, I can't help but feel like it does overshadow this episode a little bit. You know, like the yeah. believer is, I think, as an episode, forgotten about because Be- it what, of what comes next. Because nobody, yeah. nobody apart from a select few had any, other than Luke, had any inkling <laughs> that Luke Skywalker yeah. was going to show up and save the day. Because I mean, this wasn't episode fifteen. I remember, I remember fairly vividly. Yeah, we were talking about it, thinking, right, this is going to be the setup now for the big finale. And mm. you know, it wasn't. It wasn't the kind of epic pew pew fest that we, we, you know, we probably thought quite rightly that was going to be. Instead, we got this introspective, almost philosophical development for two characters who I think they're on opposing ends of the spectrum, but in fact are closer than they appear to be. Um, with that scene in the mm-hmm, transport, mm-hmm. and then w- with what happens at the end of the message to Moff Gideon sets up episode fifteen, perfect uh, sixteen, perfect. And I think how how and I will get to how this episode ends. Actually, I remember being pumped for episode well, sixteen. It doesn't 
necessarily set up the plot. I mean, I mean, it does because it basically tells them where Grogu is. That's yeah, it. They've got a symbol. Give Gideon's coordinates. Yeah. yeah, symbol done. Right. They just need to look out for this ship, and you see it actually on the screen. You're yeah, like, you yeah. see Gideon's uh, light cruiser or whatever yeah. it's called. And they could right? have done like a heist or an espionage episode, but they didn't. They, they didn't. didn't. It's more that it's an emotional setup. Yep. Because before the finale, we know what happens in the finale. Right? We know what happens. We know what happens with the goodbye between Grogu and Din. And it's like, well, how does, how, how does someone get to that point? Right? This whole series, Grogu tries to look at his dad, tries to take off his helmet, looks him in the eyes, I think, more out of curiosity, but also just out of love. He, he just yeah. wants to see him. He understands there is a helmet in between them. And you've got to get to that point. You have to get to that point. You have to and get Grogu's to that point. And Grogu's not in this. First episode of The Mando, that Grogu's not in it was this one. And it proves that the show didn't, doesn't need Grogu. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way, because of course he's, he's in the pile at the you very said that. end. I think you said that again in 2020 yeah, when we watched oh, this. Man. Yeah. See, if it, I'm nothing if not consistent, but, um, <laughs> he's at the very end of the pilot, but he's in it. But, and I love Grogu, but it shows that the Mando, and I'm sort of looking ahead to season three. It could have stood alone on its own for at least a few episodes without our little green friend. But, you know, it, it hasn't. And the, the, the story was all about getting him back. And we have that pirate attack, which is incredible. Yeah. But then we get this kind of odd sort of dichotomy, this moment where you're kind of conflicted because at the end of the, at the end of the chase, you hear the sound of TIE fighters coming in and saving the oh. day. And, uh, and it's, I mean, lest it be for me to say what what I said, Miggs drops this line. Never thought you'd be happy to see stormtroopers. Yes, mate, I agree with you. Whoever thought we'd be happy to see stormtroopers and they're saving the day. And when they get into the transport depot and everyone's cheering. Yeah. We're, we're like, this is, this is what it's like on the other side. This is like returning to Yavin 4 at the end of A New Hope or something. And everyone's cheering and having a good laugh. This is what it's like on the other side. The, yeah, the, yeah, the remnant side of it, mate. Welcome to the other side. Oh, it's hello, <laughs> hello, isn't it? Hello, hello from it. Well, look, that's just, enough. that's just what I do, Matt. I get lyrics and words wrong all the time. That hello is my life. From I, the other side. I, I can't remember anything. Oh, we did get a mention of Tanab in this episode, didn't we? The Battle yes. of Tanab. I think somebody, rec- somebody recognized my, uh, maneuver, the Battle of Tanab. That's it. Whatever right. he says. Yeah. Whatever, whatever he says. Um, happy to see stormtroopers. Like, it's just, it's a small thing, but as the, as the audience as well, you're kind of rooting for a TIE fighter blowing up the, <laughs> the pirates, you know, yeah. the pirates who are, you know, the natives, the freedom fighters. Well, they're just you trying know, to stop who's... the Imperial remnant from doing their bad things to the galaxy, possibly. Right. And for the, for, for this one episode, because of nuance, yep. you are supporting. You're happy, not necessarily Swan. You're happy to see TIE fighters blowing up these people. Yeah. Yeah. Because of nuance. And I think that's really smart, Matty Boy. I think that's really, really smart because it shows us that it's not all about, like, it, it's a spectrum of. I know what's coming. What? Do you, are you saying you're going to say, like, the good and bad, black and yeah. white? Yeah, I knew it. Good and bad, black and white. It's not always that straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's not always that straightforward. And in, in, in just this one moment 
it shows that the empire are still obviously the bad guys. Yes. We're not. We're not saying they're not. We're not supporting the empire it, in that moment. It's more just let's get Din and Migs. Yes, correct. And in that one moment, in that one moment though, like just as well. Like, Mando didn't get killed by the Barkers. <laughs> you going to get torn limb from limb. Yeah, like, you, you don't know. You do not know what sort of things have, like, a, a, a domino effect on, on the world, on the galaxy, yep. right? So I think that's, it's really interesting that they put this into that episode, just so we had that more, a bit more perspective on there are still just guys in helmets on the Empire side. They're still humans in they're humans. Helmets. They're not clones, they're not droids, they're not ro- they're not aliens, they're humans. And yeah, the pirates, they didn't want the Rhydonian. They just wanted to blow it up. They will cause chaos. But yeah, then this is now 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 we get into the second half of the episode, mate, which mm. is where people really kind of gravitate to. We're in we're in they need to get to a terminal to uh find to get Moff Gideon's coordinates for his light cruiser. They need to yep. know where he is, because that's where our boy Grogu is. Yeah. And, you know, they quite, quite rightly, you know, got a bit of a swagger to them. Migs Mayfield swaggering through. He's given the quite cack handed salutes, but, um, yeah. And he's, and he's like, right, the terminal's in there. He's going to go in there and, you know, use a facial recognition system and get the coordinates and get out of there. He walks in, he sees somebody in the corner and immediately turns around. And we don't know who it is, but the ominous music makes us realise this is this is a bad dude. And it's it's a guy called Valin Hess, played by the superbly macabre Richard Brake. Uh, perfect casting again. He's uh, very much known for his horror background, and he's perfect in this role. Um, and he's Welsh. He's a Welsh. Which you he's a Welsh reminded woman. me of today, and I was like, he's Welsh. He's very Welsh uh, in in reality. But I, I've we said before off air. Now, why so? Why do they sometimes cast English people to play Americans or vice versa? But Cast this Welsh guy to be American all day long because he's evil as anything. <laughs> he's, but he's tremendous. He is absolutely he's fantastic. Mix, he's not having any of it, and he's like, "No, look, we've got to abort the mission." And the only way they can get the info is if someone shows their face. So uh, uh, Mando decides to step mm-hmm. up to the plate mm-hmm. and be that guy. Hey, trooper! Pay attention when a superior addresses you. What's your designation? Transport crew. Why? My designation is transport co-pilot. No, son. What's your TK number? My TK number is. This is my commanding officer, TK five nine three, sir. I'm Imperial Combat Assault Transport Lieutenant TK one eleven, sir. And I'm afraid you're gonna have to speak up to him a little bit, since his vessel lost pressure in Tainap. What's your name, officer? Uh, we just call him Brown Eyes. Isn't that right, officer? Come on, let's go fill out those TPS reports so we can go recharge the power coils. You're not dismissed. You're the tank troopers that delivered the shipment of Redonium. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You two managed to be the only transport today to deliver their shipment. Come with me. Let's get a drink. 
brown eyes. Brown eyes. <laughs> brown eyes. What a lad. Oh, mate. It's tremendous, isn't it? I'm, I'm so involved, even though I've just watched that. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's watch it again. <laughs> let's just do it. it it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible. And it's, it's called cool that. Uh, you know, Mayfeld remembers all of his Imperial stuff. He remembers all the jargon, yeah. all, of, all of the over-engineered, like, TK. Oh, yeah, you're this number, this number. Okay, like, we we get it. Um, thank goodness he's there to help out, because Mando's, like, completely... Remember, this is a guy who doesn't take off his helmet, and he's very much used to his creed. He's used to going in, finding targets, bringing them in warm or bringing yep. them in cold, right? This is dialogue. This is like kind of negotiation, not aggressive negotiations. <laughs> yeah, Padme. It's, Uh-oh. it's not Padme. Oh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's normal negotiations. So it's like, yeah, like, you, you know, he's, he's not used to this. He's not used to this you sort of environment. Tell. And you can tell, yeah, he's just staring at him. But I did say while I was watching it, you were next to me. I was like, man, look at that guy. You know, like he's, the acting, the acting in this as well, yeah, and and the fact that like we've not seen him um, all season, yeah, you, you you know you've not seen him since Mandalorian season one finale, oh, man. and he's just just yeah, take my face, take my helmet off, mm-hmm. all right. This is what I've got to do to get my boy back. That's what he did. That he was willing to just go, yeah, I'll just do it in the moment, and they don't like the series. Uh, who's the director again? Rick, Rick Famuyiwa, Famuyiwa. yeah, yeah, he. Man. He, phenomenal. Like, I, I'm so happy he is so involved in season three of yes. The Mandalorian. I think he has more of a senior role in Mando season three, I right? I think so, yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah, about time, mate. Absolute king. Um, <laughs> yeah, mate. Um, the, the, the way Mando's just like, t- takes his helmet off. Yeah, I'll do this. And, and the director, the series, even the camera angle, it doesn't make like a massive hoo-ha about it. It's no. like, he's just there. He's like, right, okay, let me take this off. Because mm-hmm. that's the point. It's not this huge, like, ceremonious thing. Mm-hmm. It's him just kind of like, right, this is it. Mm-hmm. Split-second decision. So now Bang, I'll yeah. take my helmet off. That's yep. it. And the music in this is sensational. But the music is more... Uh, attuned to making Valen Hess out to be a bad guy, then making that moment where he takes the helmet off this, like you say, this big ceremonious thing. It's, this has to happen. It's got to happen now. Yes. And we've spoken before off air and on air that now that Din Djarin's face is now on the Empire's database, which I yes. think is going to come back to haunt him. But, um, yeah, the way, the way it's done. And then, like you said, the way he's kind of like a, a rabbit in the headlights when Hess comes up to him. Firstly, yeah. because, you know, he's, he hasn't got his helmet on. He hasn't got his protective layer over his face, um, that he's used to having. And secondly, he's been caught by this Imperial officer red handed and he's got no idea how to get out. And that's where Mayfield comes in to add an, a third layer to that. Now it's somebody Mando knows has seen him without his helmet on. Mm-hmm. So he's also got to uh, deal with that. But the way Mayfield finesses it, well, we, how we think he is, he's like, you know, you know, he, he's lost his hearing in the Battle of Tainab and, Mess <laughs> just shouts at him. Yeah. <laughs> What's your TK number? Um, uh, but what a way to add a bit of comedy to, yeah, like some, again, good 
humor, good humor. Yeah, and the music to... really helps as well. And that, but that when he's like starts shouting at him, and that, but then it goes back to, but even then the the comedy when he says, "Oh, let's go and fill up those TPS reports so we can mm-hmm. recharge the coils," mm-hmm. you're not dismissed. But that is obviously a line from Office Space and a, a late '90s film about. Well, that is a, that is pretty much pulled almost verbatim from that. So there's a little in joke there as well about a, a 1999 oh, Phantom Menace era film. Oh. Um, but it's enough to kind of slip underneath the radar if you're not aware of that. But it's the way the tone shifts when he says, you're not dismissed. And then the music's a boom. And you're like, Oh, here we go. But it's, there's it, so much done with so little. It's that thing I mentioned in the Andor recaps, mate. It's three very good actors acting. It doesn't, there doesn't need to be anything else around them. It's just dialogue and acting. And because we don't know what's going to happen to Mando or Mayfield, there's that 2% that this could go badly wrong here. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going on. It's not like it's Luke and Han and we know what's going to happen. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> solid, solid, solid point. And I love what you just said, like the, the, the three good actors acting. Three good actors. That, that is. Give them good dialogue and let them go. Yeah. And what I will say is I think a scene like this that has been written and set up by, you know, Favreau, Rick, you know, whoever, Filoni maybe, like we, we don't know the specifics of what, what goes there. Anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I digress. Like that, they gave them the platform to do this scene. They gave them a the platform to do this kind of episode, which, you know, now we're living in an and or world. Yep. You know, we, we, it's not like we're used to it, but we're like, man, isn't this great to have this in Star Wars? But again, this is a reminder of the just sheer quality that is in a show like The Mandalorian, you know, a show that is quite diverse in its themes and how it can tell a joke, how it yep. can have action, yep. how it can have something yep. for kids. But also this is some deep stuff. This is some deep stuff. And I feel like the believer in this, you know, earlier we're saying, really, we're seeing like two sides of the coin, right? You're seeing Mando, not necessarily questioning, but in the moment, he decides his belief, something that he believes, Mm -hmm. just doesn't make sense in that moment. It just doesn't doesn't line up. And he's willing to go, yeah, right. I'm going to ignore that for the time being. Yeah. Cause he's, it could be, Mix might, might have raised a really good point. It could be that he's bent the rules slightly anyway, that he's not meant to remove his helmet. Yes. Right? By putting on the stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah. You've already kind of, cause that's my, my interpretation is that it doesn't mean like don't show your face. I don't think that's the point. I think it's that you don't remove your helmet mm-hmm. to someone. That's it. Cause he removes it to eat. We know that from your favorite episode of season one, number four, when, he, he's looking out over Grogu playing with the kids after his um after his new missus brings him yep. his, his food. So we know he has to take it off for sustenance, but nobody's around. Yes, correct. Yeah, no one's no one's looking at him. Yeah, you know. So it, again, the, the it's all it's all getting a bit blurred, right? But I think where the meat comes in oh. is that actually. Mix Mayfield is like kind of questioning or or or. or like like what we said earlier, like observing Mando's faith and his kind of religion, his 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 group, his creed. But in turn, it's almost like he's questioning himself. He's almost like yep. looking at his own life and maybe his own mistakes, his own choices. And that all comes to fruition in the next scene. So what should we toast to, boys? I can blather on about to health or 
to success, but and I'd like to do something a little less rude. Where are you from, brown eyes? How about a toast to Operation Cinder? Now there's a man who knows his history. No, I don't just know it. I lived it. I was in Burning Con. Burning Con? Mm. That was a hard day. I had to make many unpleasant decisions. Yes, you did. Entire city gone in moments, along with everybody in it. We lost our whole division that day. Man, I was like five, ten thousand people. Yep. All heroes of the Empire. Yeah. And all dead. Well, it's a small sacrifice for the greater good, son. Depends on who you ask, don't you think? What you getting at, trooper? All those people. The ones who died. Was it good for them? Hmm? Their families? The guys I served with? Civilians, those poor mud scuffers? Died defending their homes? Fighting for freedom? Was it good for them? But we've outlasted them, son. They're eating themselves alive. The New Republic is in complete disarray and we grow stronger. You see, with the Redonium you've delivered, we can create havoc that's gonna make Burning Con just pale by comparison. And then they're gonna turn to us once again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember the first time watching this, and it's and the second time, and the third time, and the umpteenth time, glued to the screen. There's three guys at a table with their apple and elderflower juice. And, you know, let's talk about Operation Cinder. Again, Mayfield comes to... Uh, Din's age because he's like where, where are you from <laughs> I don't know let's talk about Operation Cinder Mayfield in this moment he's brought this up for a reason why on earth would you bring up an atrocity that Palpatine committed such as Operation Cinder the guy wasn't even alive when it happened but he brings brings up Burning Con I was there five ten thousand people mm-hmm. died that day of mm-hmm. uh, the, the division yep all heroes of the Empire and it's it's now it changes now from the dialogue is excellent, but it also changes now to acting, facial acting. Bill Burr, and I've got to also shout Pedro Pascal as well, because he's kind of looking back and forward, and you can see there's a, a panic in his eyes when he realises the direction that Miggs is going. But he's also starting to see, okay, this is a new, this is Miggs now. He's seen the light. He's he's got a better view now. There's, there's a you can there's the moment when Din realises exactly what he's doing. I don't think any of them know what's going to happen at the end of it but the the moment when he the guy when he's looking at the guys just saying heroes of the empire and you know, we've outlasted all these guys you know there's uh, bill burr's act, facial acting is superb and i'm pretty sure i read somewhere that he spoke with people who had ptsd and he kind of monitored them and how they would wouldn't make eye contact and would look down and would kind of the way they would reluctant to talk about it before then kind of launching more into it and 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 having researched this people who sadly suffer from ptsd have applauded his performance and is saying it is as authentic as you can get on screen it's it, it, it's it's a superb bit of acting for somebody who i didn't think would be able to bring that level of 
performance to a Star Wars or to any, or to anything really. I don't really. I've seen Bill Burr in, in some things, and he's Bill Burr, but this is a different side, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. The acting in this is outstanding, and then this is from a comedian, mate boy. Yep. It's from a comedian. Do you know what I mean? Like, this isn't necessarily, you know, the best actor on the block and, like, what's hot in town in Hollywood or in yeah, London no or anything. You know? No, no, no. Primarily no. known as a comedian. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he, the, the, this is some of the best acting in Star Wars ever. It's Bill Burr. And it's Bill Burr. And the fact that, like what you said um, like a moment ago, we're getting this scene and it's from Bill Burr. It goes to show how um, good Star Wars can be. When, yep. when, um, when it's well written, when it's well planned, when it's well executed. <laughs> uh, oh, have you got? Have you got a drink? Oh, got, have you? Got, yeah. Oh, yeah. Have, we've got some more, and we're a bit oh. boring, but you know, mm. it's afternoon, isn't it? Look, do you know what, mate? Um, the other thing I was going to say is that Hess. You know, Mayfeld's like, yeah, like all those people died, and like, oh well, it weren't good for them. But the Hess is kind of like oblivious to the facts yeah. that what 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 Mix is doing. Mm-hmm. He's he's, he's so into what he's saying. He's yeah. so arrogant. Yeah. He's so arrogant and absorbed in his own belief, his own opinion, that he can't see beyond beyond that. And it's like, oh, this, this, he's like, mix it. This guy, he's clearly not like being negative about it. He's just stating facts. Yep. He's like, yeah, we did make a lot of losses, but look at us now, mate. Yeah. It's like, mate, you, you clearly don't understand what he's yeah. trying to say, but that's on purpose. Oh, well, of course. Yeah. The fact that yeah. this is, this is all written, mate. It blows my mind. It blows my little mind it away. Because because it- and in lesser hands, which is obvious to say, but it bears saying, in lesser hands, this scene couldn't, wouldn't have been as powerful. If the actors weren't as committed, if they weren't as good, if I'm Bill Burr's clearly th- whatever he th- used to say about Star Wars, he's thrown himself into this moment. Um, Richard Brake is a superb foil, great antagonist, and Pedro Pascal was there silently observing facial acting and this whole, this, this triumvirate that comes together to create this. It, it, it's like a pot of water. It's, it's boiling, it's simmering, and then those bubbles are simmering a bit more. And a bit more, and it's all because you can see what's happening yes. with Bill Burr's face. He, you know, the head, the head drops, but then it starts to, it, it lifts. The shoulders go back a bit more. And look, as we'll see shortly, the tears start to will. But this is a man who has he he hasn't got a better view. He's got the greatest view. He gets it now. He's, yes, he sees that. Whilst you know, he 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 may have contributed to some of these atrocities. He's also he can now look back and realize that from he's a man scarred by war. He was a man who's been changed by war, and this is his kind of this 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 is his Lazarus moment now, where he's going to rise mm. up from that. Mm. And um, the way he does it, though, mate, is uh, I didn't I didn't expect this moment to happen, but the way he does it is <laughs> epic. See, boys, everybody thinks they want freedom, but what they really want is order. And when they realize that, they're going to welcome us back with open arms. To the Empire. And he's out, mate. He's out. He's out the game. He's out the tournament. He's out the World Cup. 
Well, cut next week, mate. Looking is it forward next week? to that. It is next week, yeah. It's next week. Yeah. That's unreal, mate. Hess ain't there. Uh, nah, Hess ain't there. He ain't, he ain't even going to go watch it down the pub because he's dead. <laughs> um, again, he, uh, he didn't see it coming. Nope. Doesn't see it coming Blind. because of his arrogance. Yeah. He, he genuinely still believes, oh yeah, these guys are on board. They're listening to what I've got to say. And, oh, mate, Bill Burr's acting, his, his breaking point here, bang, dead. It's like there, there's no thought process there. And what, what I love is that you have Pedro Pascal, Din, Dinjarin, yep. just kind of like looking over him, yep. looking over at him going, dude, like chill. <laughs> I know. Like what my guy, going, you need to <laughs> calm down, but you, he you can't, can see. can't say it. As soon as Hess says, all that Rhydonium you've just delivered to me, it's going to make Burning Con pale in comparison to the, the chaos, the havoc. We're going to reap. So he's, you know, in getting this info for Mando, you know, Moff Gideon's coordinates, they've also delivered a weapon of huge destruction to the Empire. And that's part of the breaking yeah. point. Yeah. And that, that's where the nuance comes in again, because Mando and Migs have, you know, unintentionally helped create a, a, a weapon of mass destruction. Yep. Unintentionally. Mm-hmm. They've accidentally done that. Mm-hmm. And... There's suddenly that weight again on Mix's shoulders. Mix was, he thought he was a free spirit. He thought he was like, you know, he, he wasn't aligned to either side. He's an ex-stormtrooper. I'm out of that life now. He's out. Suddenly, he's kind of back in it. Yes, he's helped, yeah. And he's thinking, ah, that again, yep. times up. Uh, Times ten. Yeah, what, he, times what, he, what he's seen and the the damage, emotional da- emotional damage that he's con- inflicted and pain is going to be nothing compared to what they're going to do with this Rydonian in the galaxy that just wants order, order, order. <laughs> it's true. It's 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 super true. It's super true. Um, oh my days! This episode is tremendous. <laughs> oh mate, the, the way you watched it and Migs is tearing up because. Like you said, it's all on his shoulders. It's just hit him in the face in that moment. And well, there's two ways out of this. You either walk out and let the the Imperial Remnant wreak havoc with this weapon, or you do what he does. You blow Hess's face off, and you and you have a proper shootout. Shootout, and you get out of there. And they pick the second one. I did not see that coming. I love that family. You were allowed for those five, those ten seconds of silence where all you hear is. The cup rattling on the floor. You got the shore trooper about us to have his nom noms with his tray. Yeah. And then Din looks at Mayfield. Mayfield looks at the trooper. Back forward. Bang. And then it's off. And then we get the. Well, there's the short, there's the shore trooper with the tray. With his nom noms. That's it. He's going to yeah. have his like, it's like, I've just, I've just finished a 12 hour shift, guys. Yeah. Come on, lads. This guy's sitting there having a cappuccino. He gets blasted in the yeah. chest as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, 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 this is the way. Yes, it and is. it's just like there's there's no there's no talk between them. There's no like, what did you do? Just they, said, that's never it. Saw, never they, saw they, your they, face. Let's go. They're on to do, uh, <sighs> again. Meeks is being empathetic in that moment. He's, Bec- you know, yes, e- exactly. He's being empathetic because he still understands that just because Din has done this, right? Just because he's <laughs> made, <laughs> made uh, you know, from the Death Watch point of view, I'm not necessarily. I'm not saying if it's good or bad or no, right okay, or wrong yeah. that's not what we're saying that's not for us to do we're not the showmakers but what it does show is that makes despite the fact mando's done this he still has a level of respect for din's faith yes he still is like look 
know I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm observing. Well, yeah. I think, I think it's just that his character's genuinely interested. He's genuinely interested, right? If you've gone to like Rome, right? The likelihood is you've gone to Vatican City. Yeah. Because you're interested. You're mm-hmm. like, you're, I'd like to see it. You're not, a ca- you're not a Catholic mm-hmm. and you're pro, I'm not Catholic, but like you go there and you're like, oh yeah, well, like, what, what's go- like, why is it in Rome? Yeah. Why is it this? Why is it that? Why is it? And obviously you don't necessarily have to go there to read about it, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, Mix, no, exactly mix what I mean. in this instance, mm. I think he's genuinely interested in what's going on in Din's head. Like what, so what's this, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. What's this all about? Yeah. And I, I, I love that they just added in that scene where he's like, yeah, don't worry. I, yeah. did, I, I didn't see you. And then when he gave him the helmet, he even kind of lo- respectfully kind of looks away as if, you know, put it on. Let's, and then next, when I turn around, you're going to have it back on. Yeah. And it's, we'll go, we'll, we'll be like we were before. And then they get out and. But, yeah, uh, but he's got that, he's got that, like, that experience now, like you say. And, and you see some awesome action after this, like yeah. sharpshooting from uh, Cara Dune and mm-hmm. Fennec and Boba turns up with the, uh, with his slave one slash starship, whatever your oh. preference is. <laughs> yeah. I do oh, not mate. care. I love it. There's um, a bit where Amanda's like, come on, get out of here. And Mick's like, what the hell do you think I'm doing? Yeah. I was giggling to myself when we were watching it. But- oh, what was that thing as well? You notice there's, there's a shore trooper who does this. Um, he shoots like under the, un- like yes, in the it's, gap. It's just, it's something silly, but, um, when they're, when they're going, when they're going across the balcony to go up to the next, to, to climb the stairs, there's a shore trooper who's like lying, he's obviously lying on his side to try and shoot them in the feet, uh, try and shoot Migs and Din in the feet. And I thought, yes, I've seen so many action films where you think, why don't you just kind of like shoot under the, under the, mm-hmm. from every vantage point you can to try and take them out and then, they try, but it, and it looks. Still gets it, done. it looks like the stormtroopers in a new hope that are trying to shoot <laughs> in the yeah, crack in the door. That's why I was over, like, yeah, yeah, that's what, right. But well, now we've got one more audio that's really, really, really important. Yes, it's the moment where they're on the they're on the slave one, Boba Fett starship, and it's the culmination now of oh. Bill Burr's arc, where he's gone from being uh, somebody who's more for himself. We see the arc, and he's going to get a better view, and he says, like, you know, like, as long as he can get home and sleep at night. That's all that matters. We've seen him now in, in this episode and his final act of, of redemption, of heroism in this episode is superb. Give me that cyclo rifle. Got to sleep, mate. <laughs> if you want your vitamins to go and uh, enter your absorb. system properly, absorb into your system properly, you got to have good sleep. Fun fact. I love this scene because this is full circle. Um, they they could have just flown away. Yeah. And just fly away. Like, no, like Boba wasn't planning on just like, you know, blowing up the base. Mando wasn't going to do that. Kara wasn't going to do that. Fennec wasn't going to do that. They, they, they had what they needed. They were going to leave. They're going to bounce. These guys are not rebels they are mm-hmm. not the rebel alliance no nope. they're not the new republic they are separate from that right S- completely and that's 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 <laughs> an understatement <laughs> but this is the character development that we're looking for you know this is migs mayfield going from kind of like look i'm a prisoner i'm a, i look out for myself what's to, in it for me to yeah what's in it for me to there's a reminder of who he was 
who he maybe is, and then to accidentally create another, yeah. you know, weapon of mass destruction, mm-hmm. like we said, he, that don't sit right with him. And that that scene when he's with Hess brings all of that emotion forward because that 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 didn't just like come out of nowhere. All that emotion is there. That's in his head. That's yep. in his heart. It just comes out. It's the scenario. It's the situation. It's the conversation. It's the person he's talking to. It brings it out of him. He can't help but talk about it. And this is kind of the balancing of the scales. Yep. This is his way of making up for his mistakes. There's balance. He's paid his debt. And that's what balance is. That's like balance in the force, I feel. I don't think it's that there's grey Jedi and stuff like that. I think just like sometimes there's not necessarily grey people, you know. You you can't be a good guy who does bad things. You know, ultimately you have to, you have to, you demonstrate who yeah. you are, your your allegiance by through through actions. Yes, and that's what happens with Mix. Will so. Mix blowing up the Rydonian facility. Will that bring back the people at Burning Con or the the people who he affected whilst he was working for the Imperial? No, it won't. But it'll prevent it from happening again. Yeah, and we know he's a sharpshooter from Chapter Six in the last season, uh, so we know he's got it in him to do this. Uh, mate, and says on the Black Series. Says box. on the Black Series, he's a sharpshooter. <laughs> says on the Black Series. Here we are, go on. Nine ninety nine from <laughs> wherever it's from Food and Bin Planet. Other shops like Nerdbase are available. Yeah, but we know he's got it in him. And it was was his in this scene. What's his last word, mate? Um, got to sleep at night. Yeah, got to sleep it's, at night. It's that, like you say, it's that bringing it full circle. It's it's that payback to what we saw earlier on in the episode and i think for him like a man who's scarred by his experiences of war of pain it's a fantastic display of emotion from him it's a fantastic developmental arc for him especially considering lots of people weren't a big fan of him in that first appearance when we saw him in season right, one and right. now you know he's been elevated right because they gave i'm not to say that he wasn't given good material in the first season but here he was given good material and he was giving something to really get his teeth into him to chew on. Right. And he chewed it up completely. And even when he's saying goodbye at the end, is um, when he's like, you know, can I go now? Because I will. And oh, nice shooting. Oh, you saw that, did you? You know, you still see he's got that that fun fun element to him, but he looks like a changed man in those conversations with Kara and Din. And they've, you know, he died in the... Uh, in the refinery explosion on, on Mora. Inmate 34667 oh. was blown up on Morak. So oh, I've got it written down. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. mate. I <laughs> oh, you can see me. I'm next to you. There it is there. Um, so yeah, so according to the Empire and the New Republic, he's died. He's, he's now been given a second chance. Has he atoned? Maybe. Hmm. But he's certainly gone a long way to doing it. And Mando's found a new respect for him. But Mando in himself as well, he's he's a better person. He's, he's gr- growing into something better and being a better Mandalorian. What an episode. You know, we, we, for you, for everyone listening, we've kind of skipped over the action, not because it wasn't very good, but no, you know, it's, no, it's more not about what, around that. Wasn't it's it? not the topic that we're talking about. The, the action's awesome, but the topic we're talking about is how it, it is essentially that, that arc between Din and Mix. Yeah. And that's what this episode is what about. An and it, and it sets up the finale wonderfully. You know, you can't have that finale without an episode like this. That because, message at the end from Din to Gideon. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it just it, it it just reminds you of what the point of that episode was, and that emotionally, Mando is ready to do what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, ah, oh, mate, it's some it's some very very special stuff. Hi, this is Daniel Roebuck. Yeah, and hey, hold on, get out of the microphone. This is Greed Stridus. 
Yeah, you know me from Jedi Fallen Order. You know what you're listening to, do you? You're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Hey, uh, Grease, would you just wait a second? Can I, I'm talking. Just, uh, no, I'm talking. Okay, Grease, c- calm down a second. Listen, everybody, uh, uh, yeah, Star Wars podcast. It's called Star Wars Session. Uh, listen to it whenever you can. Grease, anything? Yeah, he's now he's silence. Ridiculous. Let's go and have a drink, as Hess would say, and I think we need one after that. What an absolutely banging episode to revisit. Thankfully, the Essex Falcon has parked itself up outside of our favourite dusty drinking hole, the Bantina. The only question that remains, my friend, is, shall we? Let's do it. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation, can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Anthony, give me the spiciest drink you got. Pour me another Parkellan sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Yeah, as we do each week, we sit down with you guys, the greatest listeners in the galaxy. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we get your thoughts on our main discussion. And this week, mate, we asked for everyone's thoughts on episode 15 of The Mandalorian, The Believer. Yes, we got some sweet comments. Um, let's start off over at Instagram. Uh, Jill041169 says, A total blast. Great episode. Looking forward to many more. Alex Fletcher72, all the way from Scotland, says, I remember sitting on the edge of my chair when he took off his helmet. And when Mando then reverses the threat and tells Moff Gideon, you have something I want. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Rebel Mando Maya says, I agree, very underrated episode. Uh, Chikwe Cat says, I remember Bilbo reading the and reading emails on his podcast from military vets uh, who praised him for his subtle yet powerful performance as a character suffering from PTSD. They felt heard and thanked Bill for that. Um, you mentioned that earlier, mm-hmm. and yeah, well, well worth a mention. We got some really, really nice comments, Matty Boy. Um, what were people saying on Twitter and uh, other platforms, mate? Heading over to um, the other side, Johnny Orm. He said, I hated Migs when he was introduced in Chapter 6. Thank you for confirming Chapter 6. Oh. But Chapter 15 really turned my opinion on its head and blew me away. Would be cool to see more of him, but don't want him overused. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Caster, who? The Mayfield Hess scene is dope. Our boy over at the Max Rebo Experience said, you're absolutely right. This is a very good episode. This episode stands out, and I'm pretty sure Bill Burr tapped into conversations he had with veterans of the global war on terror for that scene. It even started the better redemption arc than Finn memes. Yes, it did. Another story for another time. And finally, Debbie08. All right, Debs. She said, The Believer is my joint favourite episode alongside the return of the Mandalorian from the Book of Boba Fett. It is so well written and the acting from Pedro, Bill and Richard Brake was the chef's kiss. It is the closest episode to match Andor, especially the dialogue and body slash facial language so we've got an andor drop there mate um a lot of praise for bill burr and a lot of people saying that this episode is so good so good the dandelorian but yeah a lot of praise i think it's pretty much universal praise from what we saw on our socials mate 
Yes, yes. And it's really nice to see that. They love it just as much as we do. Hey, guys, if you've not watched this on the lead up to, to this episode, do yourself a favor. This weekend, this week, have a cheeky watch. Sit the family down. Open a bottle of Dr. Pepper. Get some donuts from Greg's and <laughs> get, get stuck in. Yeah, we still got two more left. By the end of this recording, may not be there anymore. But for everyone, if we didn't get around to uh, reading out your comment or playing your voice note this week, don't be disheartened. Keep doing it. Keep sending them. We'll do everything we can to get you on an upcoming edition of The Bantina. For extra content, go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. <laughs> That's right. It's the spiciest part of the Budabot Bantina is the patron question section. And to kick us off this week is a naughty number from Andreas Blum. Let's hear it. Hey, Matt and Luke. Andreas here. I was wondering, with all the narrative that Star Wars have always had of uh, uh, political lessons, I suppose, uh, a social commentary, if you will, from the very beginning, what are some of the moments in movies or shows that has made you just kind of sit back and go, yikes, because it's so relatable and is so applicable in our current day situation. And of course, what makes me think of this now is Andor that has a lot of those moments. Uh, But one of the moments for me that is like one of those where I just kind of gasp and even to this day I go, well, that is so accurate, is of course when... Padme sits down and says, well, this is how liberty dies, uh, with thunderous applause. Uh, but there are so many of those moments in Star Wars. So I'm, I'm wondering for you personally, what are some of the moments where, where you just look at it? And I'm not trying to get political here, but what are some of those moments where you just look at it and, and, and you go, wow, that is actually really impactful, relevant and um, deep and applicable. Yeah, so just let me know what your thoughts are, because I know there is a lot of those. So anyway, thanks for everything you do. Bye. All right there, Matty boy. So we got we got a cheeky question there from Andres, and a really, I think, an, an original one. Deep stuff. I, I don't think we've had one like this. What are your thoughts, mate? Well, since Andor's coming out, the, the talk does turn political in terms of the galaxy mm-hmm. and also kind of real world as well because we spoke about that we touched upon it last week as well but what moments in any star wars made me sit back and think yikes because you know you can draw comparisons um well i mean it, it, quite a few in this episode and i don't and i'm not just saying because we've just watched it but in the believer you've got hess saying the new republic is in disarray which just makes you might you know just smacks of fake news it just feels like the kind of rhetoric that is, you know, doesn't matter where, where you lie. And again, I don't want to get real world on this, but doesn't matter where your affiliation lies. There is always that kind of hyperbole and exaggeration or you'll say something and people will believe it or you'll say what you're told to believe. The New Republic isn't in disarray, but according to Hess, it really is. But also, they, uh, obviously, Palpatine himself, you know, Palp- just, just Palpatine, like, the public face of Palpatine and then the hidden agenda and persona that is um, that's mm. behind him I think mm. Richard Nixon was mm. the inspiration 
not Hitler like people seem to think or anyone like that but Palpatine uh, as this dictator is sadly something which has been mirrored in reality but also the fact some and this one might be a bit of an odd one but uh, this is also from the believer but when they when they like when Mayfield says you know people don't care necessarily who is in charge they just want leadership and some order and I do think yes there is always going to be an, an the, you, know, you want the people who are leading, you know, fiction or non-fiction, to be have their heart in the right place. But I think there is also the feel, the, the understanding or the idea that you know, for, the, for you just want to be able to have order in your life. You just want to be able to kind of wake up and know how much your taxes are, what you got to pay, and all this other stuff. And that you know, the bigger the bigger subjects are being handled by the right people, and the right things are being done. So there, I think there is an element of that. Mm-hmm. But there's also mm-hmm. an element that still got to be the right person. But yeah, this episode had a lot in it, mate. Spot on. Spot, <laughs> spot on. I like that answer. That's a really, really good answer. Thanks, mate. Um, what about you? Well, I, th- I don't think... Uh, let me know if I'm right or wrong. Um, You're wrong. Un- un- <laughs> Andreas. <laughs> By the way, on our notes say Anders. <laughs> but I knew, yeah, I knew it was yeah. Andreas anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think on, I think Andres' email name is is Anders Blum, oh. which I was surprised by. Because, Maybe that is his name, yeah, and he's he just says, anglicised it. Let us know, Andres. Let us know, Andres. Maybe naughty maybe, boy. Yeah, okay, fair play, mate. Um, I assume, mate. Let me know if I'm wrong. I assume you're asking this in light of Andor because Andor is so relatable. Something that I really enjoyed recently was when um, there's the young lad who's in Black Mirror, who's in a- an Andor. Alex uh, Lawther. Is it Alex? He he plays Nemic. Nemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Nemic. Um, loves the name. Oh mate, uh, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm struggling with the Andor names, man. I don't know. I, I and it's that's that. I think that's on me. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I, you know, I'm not. No, there are a lot I think of that's just me, man. You're just amazing. I don't get how you have a memory a for nerd. it, but yeah, nerd. Um, you know, I love. There's a lot of lines he has in the Aldani arc where he's like, "If we are, if we become so reliant on Imperial tech, then they've won already." I feel like that's a message that everyone needs to take on board. Yeah. With big tech yep. nowadays. Yep. And, you know, I, I think that's some social commentary. You know, that is some social commentary right there. Um, so, yes, I, I do think big tech can be very scary. It can be tremendous sometimes. But there are some, there are moments when you look at like these tech companies and all like the data stuff, and you're like, what? what you know they do this they do that they have Mm -hmm. uh, the ability to do it you know we we have companies nowadays tech companies that are larger economies than nation national economies you know it's 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 hard to fathom it's hard to get your head around yeah and it is a bit scary there's that but on a more light note um mate um i think something that is just very yikes because it is so relatable and applicable, it is the Luke Skywalker twin sun moments, twin sunset moment. Oh. You know, there's a moment when you just look out, and, and 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 even when Luke looks out in the Last Jedi to almost like that Peace feeling of purpose. mission accomplished. You know, full circle. I think we all have those moments. You know, particularly when you're a kid or even an adult, where you just look and you have a moment of solitude, mm-hmm. and it can be we're talking about split seconds yep. of just feeling. You know, you can't necessarily verbalize 
what you're feeling and what your plans are, what your head's going on. Maybe that's just me and my stupid ADHD right. or something. <laughs> but, but, but do you know, you know, I think that's so applicable to real life. So, Andreas, that is my answer, buddy. Great, great question. Getting the chills. Think of We've all looked out the window once or twice and sort of looked into the sunset. Full stop. Yeah, we just looked out the window. Look, look out there. We've all the looked at. We've all looked out to the sunset or the buses and the fog and thought, Matt, that's the last time you're going to see the buses from my flat. I know. Mate. I did see that when I came. Going that to when the I new abode. In. I know. Yep. That's if he lets me in. And you'll cold. be there, I'm mate. I'm cold and wet. You'll be there, mate. Here's cold to the fools that dream and all that. Um, Anders, Andreas, thank you so much for that message. Let's hear yours. Let's hear everybody else's out there as well. We've also got a uh, cheeky question from Gordon Brown, our buddy up north. He says, Oi, oi, fellas, Star Wars celebration is always upon us. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to meet you both and spend some time with my fellow sessioners. We can't wait to meet you, mate. My question is, who would feature on your fantasy Star Wars panel and what would you want to hear them talk about? Keep up the good work and may the Force be with you. So a, con- a, a a panel at Star Wars Celebration or a con. Who do you want on the panel? What are they talking about? I mean, I mean, Gordon's phrase that, uh, dude, I can't wait to meet up with you as well, yeah. mate. Like, it's going to be sick. I'm sure we're going to do. You, you'll you'll get news on that soon, but you know, it's not it's not secret that we're planning a few stuff. Uh, hopefully, yeah. some like something after one of the days, whether that's an after party or whatever. We're going to do an event. We'll do meetups there, and we'll probably have like a rough itinerary. Rough, yeah, and, we'll, yeah, yeah. And, we'll, and we'll share it on the Discord. If if people are going to be like, "Oh, where are you guys?" We'll be like, "Look, just look on the Discord." And like, yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll be there, but we'll we'll be flexible as well. I'm, I might have some afternoon naps. Might need it because it's four days of just solid Star Wars. Yes, uh, yes. I might might yeah. need some afternoon. I might go to like a panel, then be like, "Right, Matty boy, go back to the Airbnb, having a nap, and then uh, wake up, cane a Red Bull, and carry on." <laughs> yeah. But um, listen, mate. Um, great question. In an ideal world, mate, you know, it's maybe this is a cop out. It's got to be with like your, your George Lucas's, your Mark Hamill. Yep. Your, because and even Kathleen Kennedy in in an, in an in a fantasy world where I can ask Kathy Kennedy a retired Kathy Kennedy yep yeah yep. honest questions about look Kathleen you are Hollywood royalty but what on earth went on in Lucasfilm yep. during Solo what on earth went on during Rise of Skywalker what on earth went on in the lead up to Force Awakens Rogue One you know, all, all of those questions, like a panel, could you imagine? Like at a Comic Con, that would be unreal. Yes. It won't happen, but mate, you've asked me what's my fantasy panel. Lots, you know, no idea. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, le- I'm really leaning into that. I think realistically, realistically, I, I, I'm not so sure. I think I love talking to you guys. I love getting like the audience involved and mm. just having a good time. Do you know what I mean? I'd love to maybe moderate. Like, you know, but I think they did this in the older celebrations, but sometimes they would get podcasters or Star Wars influence or whoever. Creators. What, yeah. Creators to, like, do, um, to host panels and talks for, like, the big ones. You yes. know, like, that would be pretty cool, that right? That would be dope. I don't think they'd do that anymore. No, I don't think so. I think Newbold's done that. I yeah, think Newbold. Ma- Ma- Newbold's, like, royalty. Star Wars royalty. Yeah, man. he's done So, that. like, he, he's done that. And uh, that would be very, very, very cool. Matty Boy, what are you saying, mate? It's a tough one. Um, oh, I mean, Daisy Ridley, 
Kelly Marie Tran, Adria Arjona, and they're so, talking about me. <laughs> um, did you miss that Natalie Portman? Or Natalie Portman. Oh, right, okay. So the... <laughs> now when? Um, I would have... You're, you know not, you're not going to add uh, old Cara June to that list, uh, no. <laughs> invite got lost in the post. Um, no, I mean, to be honest, actually, my honest answer would have been I'd love to see Hayden and Ewan and the gang back oh, for yeah. like a prequel session. But oh, yeah, with Kenobi, we've had that because prior to that, we just didn't really hear from Hayden in terms of Star Wars other than a snippet here and there. Can you, do, do you remember on the lead up to Rise of Skywalker, Hayden and Ian? Oh, they were going to like kids' were going and to, that, yeah. yeah, and they were like doing cons together and they were, and told, like, not and they to were told not to do it. And yeah. we were like, it must, they must be in the Rise of Skywalker. One of them was. Well, no, they both were. One voice, one actually, but. but yeah. Or, or was it? Okay. Tin, tin foil oh, hat time. Rise of Skywalker is tin foil hat central. Territory. But like, what if they did film stuff with Aiden? I mean, I, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard one or two things. That, like that. perfectly seeks into my actual panel. Look, would I love to see George, Kathy, Harrison and all that on stage? Maybe, That's you know, in an ideal world, Carrie as well. Yes. But I'd love to know about the Rise of Skywalker. From beginning to end, with Kathy, JJ, Trevorrow, everybody else on board, maybe Colin, not Col- not um, Trevorrow, uh, the other geezer who's the Oscar winner, writer, I can't think of his name now. Who oh, the dude it. who wrote? Yeah. Trust? Can't the dude? Think, oh, yeah. Can't think, there's a name I can't remember, but um, it'll, it'll come to I know, me. I know, point, I know who you let me, let me get that. Loved and, and find out you know what happened. Like you say, off, almost like an off-the-record. How did it? How did you make the decisions... You did. How did it come to making Palpatine? Was Hayden on set? Those kind of things. Chris Terrio. Chris Terrio, not Trevorrow. Terrio. Um, I'd love to find out, and just not, and not because I want to bash on it, because I think we're all past that now. All those of us, well, most of us are past that now. We'll have fun, but we're not going to bash trust anymore. They, 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 but there's a real intrigue around the production of it, where you know how you got to where you were, and it, it, is, it is some people's favourite films, yes, but for me, it is flawed. I'd, I, I'd love to know, you know, with those tight deadlines and less time to do it how they you know what was the pressure what was it like what were the decisions made why do we not have any deleted scenes I genuinely would I mean yeah I'd That's... love to know more about the classic Star Wars but I think keeping it like more contemporary or like now yeah, I'd love to I, that's more what, about that man that's what intrigues me as well it's like it's the drama <laughs> you know <laughs> we love a bit of drama don't we <laughs> We stay well, away from for, it. for people who st- I was just about to say, mate, for people who stay out of drama, <laughs> like, we, we do. Rubbing our hands in glee. <laughs> Don't, mate. We'd just earn, like, the, uh, we'd earn certain YouTubers an absolute fortune oh, if we did yeah, that. That's, 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 that's their bread and butter. That's their retirement fund. Let's not go down that route, but, um, yeah, no, Gordon, mate, that's a fantastic question. One thing, though, mate, you didn't tell us what your fantasy Star Wars panel yeah, was. That's it, so, Gordon. Gordon, mate, let us know yours, everyone listening. What would your fantasy Star Wars panel be? What would the subject be? Let us know. Of course, we'd love to be on our own Star Wars panel at any Ho- convention. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. We've got some stuff lined up for next year, but hopefully celebration. That would be see. very cool. Let's see. Fingers crossed. Um, probably should apply. Now, my friends, <laughs> that is it for the Patreon section of the band Cena. We're going to be back again, same time again next week, with some more filthy questions from our wonderful patrons. However, until next week... Bartender, we're so sorry about the mess. We're not. But until next time, we'll be back here again in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game. 
Yeah, that's right, mate. It's back. It's the end of the show. What does that mean? It means we play a cheeky Star Wars game to wrap it up. Uh, this week, it's my turn to host. Mate, boy, you ready for the game? No. <laughs> you never are, mate. <laughs> Not with you, yours. You never are. Well, no, that's true. Um, of course. I, I think this is a good one, and I think you have a strong chance of, of maybe getting 100%. We've only ever had that happen once, maybe twice in 181 I, I, episodes. I don't, I don't recall, I don't recall Winning. I, I don't think I have one. <laughs> Just in life. I know I do. <laughs> Just in yeah. life. No, I'm joking. I've got I joke. No wins, yeah. I joke. I joke. I have a Lego Millennium Falcon, so I'm winning at one. Yeah, thing. no, it's fantastic. <laughs> and an ATAT. Sorry, an ATAT. No, right. Okay. Um, the Mandalorian, mate. Let's, let's play the music. Let's get involved. The Mandalorian. How well do you know <laughs> the Mandalorian, <laughs> Matty Boy? Put on the spot. I, 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 I I'm going to ask you a question. How many directors oh. of The Mandalorian <laughs> can you name? Right. And for bo- for bonus, for bonus, how many episodes have they directed? Oh, that is a filthy, dirty question. Right, Favreau. Yes. Filoni. Yes. Dallas Howard. Yes. Famuyiwa. Yes. Chow. Yes. Um, uh, Peyton <laughs> Reed. Yes. That's six. Wow, yeah. Um, oh no, this is where I've hit the wall now. I'm like, who else? I'm trying to think of those round tables. Um, and I can't remember any more than a bit, but I know Peyton Reed's done two. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Grief, Carga. Grief, Carga, uh, yes. Uh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard you, has done. Mi- I think you're missing two. Two, that's seven. You, you, you um, blazed through those. I did, now I've got to the point where I'm thinking, I can't remember who the other two are now. So you've named seven. I've done, I think, seven, I think, yeah. yeah you've named seven. At least. You've got, you've got two left. Um, I'm trying to think who did, like, the... And you know them. Oh, no, I will do. I'm trying to think who did the pilot episodes for season two. I think that, might, that was Fabs, I think. Um, I think it was Fabs. I think it was. And it was Peyton Reed with the spiders. And then it was Grief Cargo with the one I like, number three, when they go into the Imperial refinery. Uh, and, oh, you got the spider episode. Well, that was Peyton Reed. Um, the mm-hmm. Jedi's Day Filoni... Family was the one we just seen. Peyton Reed yeah. was the end. Yeah. Trying to think of the, the first one was Filoni. I can give you. I can give you one hint, and it's what it's one word. Droid. <laughs> droid. Yeah. It's uh, a bit abstract. I can. I can. I can expand droid, on it, but I want to see if you droid, can get it. Droid. Droid. Please. Um. Droid. Do you think they suspect an attack? <laughs> um. That really doesn't help me, but I feel like it should. Yeah. Okay. Uh this this one is gonna. This is pretty easy. This 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 uh, this is this is like a solid clue. I'll give you a clue. IG eleven. Oh, Taika White. Of course, Taika Waititi. Taika White. How did not forget that? The eight, biggest name eight, of them all. Eight out of nine, mate. You have eight out of uh, nine. There's one Waititi. more. There's one more listed director. Is it from season one? No. Is, is it from season two? Yes. Good. I got that one at least. One more listed director from season. Two. Yeah, I think he. It's a he, right? Thank you. Um, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> yeah, you've named you've named the oh, you've named the female director. Peyton, Carl Weathers, Dave, John, Rick Famuyiwa. I know mm. Bryce was involved. Mm. I've literally got. I've got my. I've got. Oh man, it's a he. Yeah, man. He. Uh, we. we uh, here's a clue. He, <laughs> sister, <laughs> brother. Um, like he, we we were talking about this guy a lot at the start of the year. 
2022, by the way. We're recording Feels in 2022. Like a long time ago yeah. now. <laughs> 20, we talk about Tyker an awful lot in 2022. Um, it mm-hmm. wasn't Ryan but, Johnson. But specifically um, at the beginning of the year. What be- was happening? Beginning of the year. Um, <laughs> what was going down? I don't remember. What do you mean? I honestly can't remember the beginning of the year. Mando's, no, Mando wasn't season two. No. Um, well, well, there's no come films, on, there's no films. What? Oh, Book of Boba. Yeah. Oh, that geezer, Bobby Rod. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no wonder I forgot about it. It was a forgettable series. He, but, he, he, uh, oh, Phil gave Matt. No, I know I love Book of Boba Fett, but he did give us <laughs> that episode. The tragedy was a fantastic episode. Yes. It, you know, the Mandalorian got Boba Fett better than the Book of Boba Fett did. I think. I think you're right. I can't remember. I think the you're episode. right. I think Bryce did too. Right, yes. Yeah, so, so here's Have you question: got the here? Who, who? I've got the answer. Yeah, I've got the no, answers, no, mate. No. Um, that the, there are two directors mm-hmm. who have directed the most episodes of The Mandalorian. They they have both directed three. three yeah, yes. Okay. So collectively, six episodes of Mando have been directed by just these two people. Deborah Chow. No. Rick Famuyiwa. Deborah has directed two. two. Rick. Rick has directed three. Yeah, Rick's done three. I know Carl Weathers done two. And there's one other person. How many's Bryce Dallas Howard done? She did episode four, and she did. I think she, I don't think it's Bryce. It's not Bryce. It's not going to go Bryce. It's you're not- right. You're you're right. Bryce has done two episodes, so you got one more person who's done oh, three. Come on. It's, it's, Who, who's done three? Everybody. It's everybody's favorite cowboy wearing boy, Dave Filoni. Did number Correct. one, number five, and the Jedi. Correct. Yes. Correct, mate. Exactly. Needed a bit of help. Though. Well done, mate. Well done. And that's and that's what's happening. And that's what's happened. That is this week's game. Easy. Easy. I got there in the end. I wonder how... Greasy money. Greasy money, baby. Danny Roebuck, you know you're doing voice work. Spilled the beans. Yeah. We do. We do. He's doing it. Um, Mate, that was a good game. If anyone out there got that without any help or assistance, well done. But your mind goes blank, doesn't it, Matt, every time we do one of those? Mine does, anyway. I do. It's the pressure. (laughs) It's the pressure. What a show, mate. That's it. That's this week's game. That's this week's in-person recording in my flat before I move out. I move on Wednesday. Move on Wednesday. Move on Wednesday. This That's is, uh, my Chick-fil-A. Oh, <laughs> I like a bit oh, of Chick-fil-A. Kanye, that's a bit... Yeah, don't nah, talk about not, that, we're not talking about no. him. He don't like me at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> I don't like him either. Um, <laughs> He's not a fan. Mate, this, is a, this will be a day long remembered, as Darth Vader said. Episode 181 is the yeah. last ever show recorded in this flat. Last yeah. ever main show. We've only done a few. We've done a few and, and, and commentaries. But. And I'll say this: this is, I'm moving from Basildon now. Mm-hmm. So, like, we yeah, started. Man. We started in the Costa Coffee in Basildon, Pips Hill, and that's it. Moving. So, I'm moving to Leon C. Lovely part of the world. A good donut shop there. Yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. We'll be uh, we'll be recording a lot more. A lot more sessions. History will be happening yes. in that side. Pubcast uh, may become Essex. cafe cast as well, but I'm yeah. all up for that artisan cafe cast. But that is that. Like Luggy Boy says, episode 181 of Star Wars sessions. Thanks for sticking around, guys. That is that. Then the fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Bly? Uh, they can find us at StarWarsSessions.co.uk, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Just search for us. We will be there. Oh, we got Tumblr now. We do. Just in search, case. Just, just in case of what, man? Just, no, in, just case in case of what? we need it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, check us out on Tumblr. We're not. We're still not like one hundred percent sure how it all works. I but, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, I say we. Um, yeah. yeah. No idea. 
Um, yeah, no. Uh, look for us on there. Um, drop a, drop us an email or a voice message if you want to hello there at StarWarsSessions.co.uk. Don't forget about the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions for loads of juicy extra content. Uh, this month, my wifey, Early, early, is joining me to chat about the Aldani arc as someone who who's not into star wars what did she think of Aldani? so that's all good fun you've got on jibber jabber uh, star wars meg i've got up, speaking right? of jibber jabber got who the self-proclaimed queen of jibber jabber star mm. wars meg is joining me for a fantastic conversation and i giggle because luke's wife is next door and she can probably just hear us shouting her name yeah that's true actually <laughs> she's ill though so she's probably like in bed like like the mummy like <laughs> it's probably even weirder than just like am i hearing this i'm gonna just go in there and be like we gotta move stuff love no she's <laughs> she's been awesome hope you get well soon not yes. that she lessons but still um right and discord don't forget about discord if you want to join the discord <laughs> dm us and we'll give you the link and that's it we we don't put it as a public link because we don't want everyone to access it. it dm us and we, we we will be able to tell if you qualify yeah, yeah? that's yeah. about it there is no rules on that uh yeah i'm gonna shut up over to you leave it to lukey boy if you want to support the show for free though you can do so by leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider choice which still includes Spotify. Thank you for all those who have done it. Five stars helps the show grow. It gets new listeners in. It bumps us up the algorithm. And it's another way for us to hear from more of you each and every week. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your nearest comedian. Tell your cousin, tell your Ewok, the more the merrier, the castle spicier. <laughs> Tell your nearest salt-loving Laterran, greasy money, baby. Now, this is the podcast that we're all looking for. So until next time from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Luke. Luke. Ah, yeah. May Mixfeld. (laughs) Donuts. Essex-based podcast heroes... He's not my boyfriend. Anakin's a friend. We've known each other for years. What?